We hold these truths to be self-evident. For enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth. This is episode 31. It is Monday. We're kicking off a new week. New week here in, uh, well, I'm in Texas. Well, I'm going to be going to France on Wednesday. I want to bring you guys along. Actually, I'm going Wednesday night. I'm pretty jacked about that. Going over there Wednesday night, and I'm going to be there for 10-ish days. I don't, I don't remember. I think it might be nine days, eight days. I don't know exactly. I kind of forget. But I'm going over there to see all the World War II sites. Maybe not all of them, but as many as I possibly can, because we know that they pretty much fought all over that country, so... I'm just going to go to the big ones, all the ones everybody knows about and pretty much all the big battles. Somewhat kind of a weird thing to buy myself for a, a birthday gift, but it's kind of a kind of on my bucket list of things to do. But since it is Monday, we're going to talk about some stuff that happened over the weekend. It, it could be good or it could be bad. I don't I don't really know. It depends on who you are. But we're going to kick this one off with, if you guys do not know, they're going to be canceling the border wall. That is right. Everything that has to do with the border wall is gone. <laughs> it's kind of goofy, but uh, the Department of Homeland Security says that it'll be canceling the border wall contracts in Laredo and Rio Grande Valley sectors of the southern border. The release added that the Border Patrol will then begin environmental planning and actions consistent with the National Environmental Policy Act. I don't really, <laughs> I don't know how how a border, uh, how a wall, how, why they're going to shift the funds over to uh, environmental planning on the border. I don't really know how it's going to stop people from coming over, but apparently the <laughs> Homeland Security thinks it's a good idea to shift all the money over to environmental planning. It's hard for me to say this without laughing because it's really goofy and <laughs> it's really stupid. Those actions will not involve any construction of new border barriers or permanent land acquisitions. So none of the money will go to building a wall. It's all going to go to environmental planning. Oh my gosh. If you guys did not know, you can stop every bit of human smuggling and cartel action on the border by imposing environmental thing. I don't even, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to read this and be serious about it because it's that stupid. It's really stupid when you say it out loud. The administration continues to call on Congress to cancel remaining border wall funding and insisted that it needed to do fund smarter border security measures, which I don't really exactly know what that means, but apparently it's planting trees and plants and windmills and shit. Biden and his team uh, to cancel border contracts for environmental reasons when we have a 21-year high of illegal crossings. That is a factual thing. And right now there's an additional 60,000 migrants moving their way up from Colombia they just, they're actually literally tracking them, which is so weird how the Fox News is sending all these people out and they're tracking these people in these jungles walking on the way up. Why don't we just stop them? Why does, why does some country really, you know, you probably should turn around, probably shouldn't make this long trek with these kids and your wife. You probably should just turn around, maybe just stay here in this country. We'll help you out. Everything's free here, you know, whatever country they're in. But while this is, is happening, you know, Kamala Harris is probably one of the most interesting people to ever talk about. She's done absolutely nothing when it comes to being a vice president at all. I mean, we all can agree upon this. She really hasn't done anything. But uh, several top members of the Biden administration were in Mexico City this last Friday for a meeting with Mexican officials regarding security, which is a good thing. It needs to happen. I don't know if you guys seen the footage, but I'm not going to show it here on this channel. 
but there's some footage of the cartel actually shooting into, I would assume they're cartel because cartel are the only ones that have weapons in Mexico other than the actual government themselves. They couldn't be, they could also not be cartel. I have no idea. Let's not make the assumption. Let's just say there was individuals in, in within the Mexican area, Mexico border area that were shooting across into the United States. There's actual video of it and we're not going to post it on here. So like I was saying, there's a lot of actual Biden officials that actually went to Mexico on Friday to talk about security, but Kamala Harris decided that she was not going to attend that meeting. She was going to go elsewhere, even though that President Biden has actually appointed her in March to manage the entire response. So Harris, like I was saying, she did not attend the meeting. She decided to go to the Garden State to visit a daycare in Montclair State University. She had to go tell the teachers and kids on I don't really exactly know other than a photo op. I think the Democratic Party is really good at these photo op things. They don't do anything else but get photo ops. And she also went to a vaccination site. Um, I don't mainly just for a photo op. The vice president last visited the border in June. If you guys do not know, she was tasked with this whole border crisis deal. She hasn't visited since June. And she spent several hours in El Paso while on her way to her home in California. That's the only time she's actually been to the borders and she's been in office. Hmm. So how can you have a complete understanding of what's going on at the border itself and you're in charge of the border if you've only been to the border one time? That'd be the equivalent of, of, of me or you or whoever running, say, a McDonald's and attending, literally going to McDonald's one time. And say, yeah, I know how to run a McDonald's. I've been there once. That's the most like simple way for me to put it. That's, that's, that's the, the, literally the most simple way to put it. At times, I think the media decides when it wants to talk about stuff that happens with the police and when it doesn't. I think it always has to do with what agenda they're trying to push and what side it is coming from. So, if you guys don't know, I clicked on this article because I was really, really, really interested on what actually had happened because the image shows a gentleman in distress, his face is all jacked up. Not like jacked up, but he's like he's looking all weird because he's like, it looks like he's in pain. You know what I mean? Just that's It's just a thumbnail. They use it as a thumbnail. We do it on YouTube all the time. Body cam video shows Dayton, Ohio, police officers dragging a black paraplegic man out of his car during a traffic stop. That is the headline. Of course, it's going to scream terrible things have happened and, and stuff like that. So I had to click on it. I was like, oh my God, what actually happened here? So a black paraplegic man from Ohio has filed a complaint with the NAACP after video showed police officers pulling him out of his car by his hair arms uh, during a traffic stop late last month. So you read this and instantly you think, Cops are terrible. They're all terrible. That's exactly what's going to go through every single person's mind. But I'm bringing this up. We're going to go through this like we always do for reasons. We're going to keep reading through this. Owens be accused the Dayton Police Department of profiling unlawful arrest, illegal search and seizure, and failure to read him his rights before being taken to jail. How much of you guys actually believe this is exactly what happened? Probably, maybe some of you guys. Maybe some of y'all who are thinking that cops are terrible. Well, let's go on. Let's go and continue to read this. I'm gonna, I want I want you guys to take things when you when you read or hear stuff like this, take it from both sides and both both perspectives when it comes to what the police officers thinking at the time and what the individuals thinking. Usually, the individual in this kind of a case they have a negative mindset towards police for the reason ma- mainly because the media portrays the police as bad people, and people mainly think they can get away with it if they are in some sort of situation kind of like this one. Officers called for narcotics detention canine unit because they observed Owensby leave a suspected drug house in the area that had been monitoring. Okay, so now you have to think about it from the cops' perspective right there out the gate. This gentleman, they're going to have a, they want to search his car. They have rightful reasons to search his car because he's leaving a known suspected drug dealing house. Okay, so right out, right out of the gate, you already have cops have 
an actual reasoning to search this individual's car. Doesn't they don't care if they're black, white, Hispanic, green. It does not it doesn't matter at this point. You're leaving a known drug dealer's house, you're going to get searched. It doesn't matter if you're 10 miles down the road, 2 miles down the road, as long as cops have a visual eye on your vehicle as it's leaving, they do not leave side of you, they're going to search you. It's going to happen. And they have every right to, do they not? Okay. Uh, this is also the Dayton Police Major Brian Johns. He, this is a recorded briefing, by the way. He added that based on his past felony, drug, and weapons history, coupled with the, their observation that he had left a residence in question, the officers requested a narcotics detention canine to conduct a free air sniff of the vehicle. Okay, free air sniff of the vehicle means the person within the vehicle needs to get out of the vehicle to let the cops do their job, or the dog do their job. They have 100% the right to do this. If you think about it, looking on the, the gentleman's past doesn't matter. Like I said, what color his skin is, his, his past felony drug and weapons history. So right out the gate, he's been known to carry weapons and he's already been known to have a drug past. So why wouldn't they put two and two together? So according to this video, shortly after the radio call, one of the officers returns to Owensby, who is in the driver's seat, asks him to step out, which is what he's supposed to do. This is literally the procedures. You have had... Previous felony convictions of drug and weapons charges. You're leaving a known drug dealer's house and you're being asked to get out of the car. What do you, what is an, what does a normal person say in this situation? Okay. You know what? I'm going to get out. I mean, it's fine. But Owensby refuses. Then tells the officer he can't because he's paralyzed. I'm paraplegic. I'm paraplegic. Owensby says, I, I have to get help getting in. Okay. Well, that's fine. What does the officer say? The officer tells Owensby that he will assist him in getting out of the vehicle, but Owensby tells the officers not to touch him and request the officer to call a superior. So this is when it gets kind of like, okay, so why won't you get out of the car? They're, these guys are offering to help you get out of the car and set you on the side of the road so they can do their free air sniff. Like they just let the dog go in and do his thing. There's a reason for it. The officer responds by saying that he will call a superior, but Owensby must get out of the car first. The officer goes on to state this. So you can cooperate and get out of the car, or I will drag you out of the car you see your two options here, which I see absolutely not a single thing wrong with this, which I don't understand why an individual can't get it from the side of the police officers. The police officer does not know if this person has any sort of weapon or a pistol or like anything. He doesn't know what this person's have or what their intentions are. So how do you think the officer is going to react if they ask you to get out of the vehicle and you've been known to have felony weapons and drug possessions in the past and you're already going to have a hostile reaction towards police. How do you think they're going to react? Okay, you know what? Please get out. Please get no. The, the person that they're speaking to isn't a freak. It's not. It's not a five or six year old where you have to kind of like coerce them into putting on their diaper at night. This is a, this is a grown ass, almost forty year old man who understands when someone says, "Will you please get out of the vehicle?" No, sir. Get get the fuck out of the car. I told you to get out of the car for a reason. And the guy says no over and over again. There's a reason why we don't, I mean, we don't know what the reason is, but that's, that's from a cop's perspective, they could say, well, man, I don't know if he has a gun weapon. If he has hostile intentions towards, it doesn't matter if he's a paraplegic or not. They asked him, they told him they would give him some help to get out of the vehicle. And yet he didn't do it. So here we go. The police major also said that the officers retrieved a bag of cash from Owens vehicle containing $22,450. Who in the ab, who carries $22,000 on? I know a lot of super rich people. Super rich people. And I don't know a single one of them that carries $22,000 in them at all times. Not a single one. Not a single person at all. Owensby said Sunday that money was his savings. Who in the f*** keeps their savings account in their car over twenty two grand? If your savings and all your life's earnings is inside a 
bag or whatever it was in. It was $22,000. Do you really think that that's going to fly? Especially if this person has a bank account. If they have a bank account and they're carrying around twenty two grand in cash, you think after you having previous drug convictions and felony gun convictions, like you really think that that's going to fly, that you were leaving a known drug dealer's house? Like, let's be real here. This was an, this entire thing was for a headline. Uh, Owens B goes on, says he has night, nightmares uh, about the arrest and he should not have to leave his house every day without wondering if he was going to happen to me again. Okay, I could tell you right now, Owens B, you know how this is not going to happen again? Don't go to known drug dealers' houses. It's that simple. Like in life, when you do stupid, dumb things are going to happen. If you hang around the wrong people all your life, bad shit's going to happen. I know this from my past, and it's just common sense. You do stupid shit. Bad things are going to happen. My two front teeth, they're not real for a reason. Did some dumb shit, got them knocked out. Let's just be honest here. You can't cry when you're doing stupid shit. And the reason why I wanted to bring all this up, not because the gentleman is black, not because he's doing something like that. I'm just bringing this up for another reason. So I was on CNN, of course. This one that I'm about to show you, is not even, it's not on Fox anywhere like that. It's just, this is another article. And it just shows that there's always a, an agenda behind it. You guys... You guys heard the exact, uh, if you don't remember what it was, I'm after hearing the story now, I feel like I need to go back and tell you the headline body cam video shows Dayton, Ohio police officers dragging a black paraplegic man out of his car during a traffic stop. That headline right there, a traffic stop. It makes it sound like he literally was pulled over for not using his turn signal. When in fact it should have stated something like police officer drag man out of car because he wouldn't get the out after leaving a known drug dealer's house that's that's really what it should be that's 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 what it shouldn't say a black man it should say a man because that's what he is you know what i mean let's just be honest he's just a man that did something wrong got caught up in it and is now trying to scream cry wolf because he doesn't want to get in trouble so here we go here's on the opposite side so this last week there was a police officer that was just killed actually not this last week this weekend excuse me Damian Luke Anthony Ferguson, 43, was arrested Sunday for killing Dylan Harrison. So this gentleman right here, uh, Luke Anthony Ferguson, he's a 43-year-old man out of Georgia. The Alamo Police Department says that earlier today, Harrison had arrested Ferguson's friend during a traffic stop. Okay, this is pretty stupid. The rookie cop, who was first, he was literally he's on his first part-time shift. He, was a, he had done some prior work, but he was on his very first shift. He had stopped the unnamed suspect for a traffic violation in a parking lot at Circle K. Okay, dressed across the street from the police station. So this guy gets pulled over, or he pulls over somebody, gives him a citation, and uh, uh, when Harrison asked for the man identification, he refused to comply. After verbal argument erupted, the man ended up pushing the rookie officer, which that's, that's the thing I'm getting at. The media has, has made and portrayed the police officers so bad, and they made it seem like this a, a civilian does not have to cooperate and do what they say when they're asking for something as simple as that identification. So they think they can actually retaliate, use social media to get away with it, and then bad happens in the end. They're like this. Harrison then used his taser against the suspect, which is fine. I mean, you're pushing around a cop. Like I said, when you got to put yourself in the police officer's mindset and where he's at in that certain state. He has no idea what that person's intentions is. So when people put it out on the media how they're trying to portray how the, how the officer reacted. You have to think about putting yourself in that person's shoes on how you would react. But in the, in the most, in the, for the most part, all the people that write the stories are too, they're too big of cowards to ever do that job in the first place. So they're always saying just terrible things and hindsight's always 20, 20. Well, he shouldn't have done this. Well, the thing is, if I put you in that situation, how are you going to react? 
well, I would, I don't, I would never become a cop. I understand because you're too much of a coward to do the job. That's, that's, that's mainly how I'd like to respond to most of those people. So when Ferguson learned gentleman who killed the police officer, when he learned that his, what had happened to his friend, he decided to murder the officer in revenge for arresting a known associate of his. Ferguson literally went on a, I would say on his sole mission mission in life at that, that certain point when he found out his friend was, was arrested was to kill this one police officer who had arrested his friend. To me, this right here screams death penalty a hundred percent all over it. There's no way that we would, that this shouldn't be tried like that. You can't have a gentleman who is retaliating against police for just arresting his friend for not showing his ID makes his sole mission in life to kill this one single police officer. Like that should not, that shouldn't be allowed. That should not be a thing. This is capital murder at its finest. Like there's no way around it. This is what it is. What it is. I have no idea about what Georgia laws are, but I'm saying this isn't right. And the only reason why this kind of stuff happens is because the media portrays officers the way I just, I just spoke about in the previous article. This kind of stuff wouldn't happen if over the last year they wouldn't have just absolutely destroyed the police officer's images so bad. If you guys did not know this, this is another crazy fact. The town or the city that Bernie Sanders was the, uh, the mayor of, there, of course, they were trying to defund police last year, is now having to give police officers a $10,000 bonus to stay on and be cops because that, that many are wanting to leave. So now they're having to, instead of defunding them, they're having to give them a $10,000 bonus to stay on the force which is a good thing, but it's just proving the point, which we're going to talk about here in a second. It's proving a point that the only reason why this kind of stuff happens, a revenge killing of a cop for arresting somebody over a traffic violation, and that traffic violation would have been, you know, like, let's just go ahead and rewind. You know how simple this would have been? If the person just would have given up their ID, or if they didn't have an ID, just taken the, the couple nights in jail or whatever it was for driving without a license or a suspended license or whatever it was going to be, it would, it would just be, end up being a misdemeanor in the first place unless he had some other things that we don't know happened, like uh, maybe he had a warrant out. I don't know. But what I'm saying is if, if he would have just not pushed the cop, didn't get tased, and put himself in jail, we would have just rewound that entire thing. None of this probably would have happened if the media wouldn't portray cops the way they do and making it seem like people can get away with things that they shouldn't be getting away with. It's, it's, let's, just, let's just call it how it is. This guy literally went out and, and his very sole purpose in life that day was to kill this one police officer. That's a terrible thing. Absolutely horrendous. You know what's even crazier about it? You know what? Before I go to I want to tell you guys, the, the police officer was shot. It's a terrible thing. He is a 26-year-old man from Dudley, Dudley, Georgia. He left behind a wife and a six-year-old daughter. So he actually left behind a... It's just kind of gives me goosebumps because it's so terrible. But the big thing about it is, is the reason why I say they're pushing an agenda on, on everybody is because the first article was from CNN. The second one I actually found out from... Was, I don't even think it was Fox. The one I just read you was actually off Daily Mail. I, I, want, I want to say this because I'm, I'm, I'm showing you guys, I'm shedding light on how, how easy it is to see right through the bullshit. I don't see how they don't get called out on this even more often. This is If you go on CNN's website, the article they pushed was the one I read earlier. But if you go on there, not a single time do they even mention anywhere on their homepage, and they have a million articles on their homepage, not even a single time do they mention the police officer that was killed in Georgia. And the reason behind it is, is because he was targeted by a black guy in Georgia. So it does not meet the criteria of the agenda that they're trying to push as the same one that they just had in the article previous. That's why it's so stupid. And they're trying to shape individuals' thoughts of a certain race on how they should treat police officers. It's so so stupid. It, It blows my mind. On their main page, it says, 
Average daily U.S. COVID cases. Virginia race titans. McDonald's offers free breakfast to teachers. Those are their main things they're talking about. Something about Republicans triumph in Virginia, whistleblowers, the most alarming Trump rally yet. Biden refuses to assert privilege over Trump. Like, this is, these are what that's all on here. Goodbye pencil skirts. The beauty of Earth's northernmost buildings. Cincinnati bagel kicker celebrates game-winning kick. Instagram is where near-death journey begins. The city is starting to live with COVID. That's all it is. And then that one article I read earlier. And then, of course, the, the one that they don't speak of. And I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I really don't. I'm, I mean, I'm not making it up. I literally, it's right all here. This is, because it is what it is. The agenda they're trying to push is, is so just, I, I don't see how people can't see through it. The reason why, I don't know. I feel like I'm just going on and on about it, but it's just irritating. So moving on a little bit, I wanted to uh, talk, we were talking about police. I want to keep keep it on. I think this is a pretty good subject to talk about. It can be a kind of a sore subject for some, but I think it's a good thing to talk about because I love cops. I think they're good. I think they do good for the most part. I don't, I do, I don't see how they really do bad unless they're portrayed by the media as being bad individuals. So from, from New York to Los Angeles, departments that saw their funding targeted amid nationwide protests over the killing of George Floyd last year have watched as local leaders voted to increase police spending with an additional $200 million allocated to the New York Police Department in 3% boost given to L.A. force. So all the ones that go on and scream to defund the police over last year are now realizing it was a terrible idea. I've been talking about this actually for, I think I started talking about this maybe a couple weeks ago, but now it's actually coming to light that all the major cities are starting to do it, or realizing that's a, that it's a, it's a bad thing to take police away from their cities themselves. So after slashing police spending last year, Austin restored the police department's budget and raised it to new heights. Uh, like I was saying earlier, in Burlington, Virginia, the city that Senator Banner, Bernie Sanders once led as mayor uh, from cutting its police budget is now giving $10,000 bonuses. It's pretty good. But this is all, in fact, to combat a rise in violence in the last year, with homicides up 25% to 252, the highest point in decades. This is in Dallas, by the way. Dallas has embarked on an old-school approach called hotspot policing. Hotspot policing. I don't know why I just mashed both those words together. But so far in Dallas, the number of record, uh, oh, excuse me, the number of recorded homicides has declined slightly. Overall, violent crime is down 6% from this time last year. So initially out the gate, Dallas was actually going to try to defund the police. And then it kind of backtracked because they got a lot of hate here in Texas. Because most people in Texas, we don't have any problems with hating cops. I think it's mainly just in Austin. Austin's basically L.A. version 2. Like if you go down to Austin, it's trash everywhere. There's homelessness problems everywhere. There's a bunch of hippies and a bunch of freeloaders that don't want to work. And also the price for all the housing there is astronomical. It's so high, it's stupid. It's so stupid. I don't even know if you can get a house for under half a million bucks if it's worth anything. Like, what I mean, I, well, actually, I know this. I was speaking to my aunt yesterday. A fixer-upper, quote-unquote fixer-upper in Austin right now is going for around $400,000. So if you want to buy a house in Austin, you better have a budget at minimum four hundred grand plus fixer-upper cost. So it, it is V2 of, of L.A. But there are some cities that haven't heeded the warning or even somehow even seen it. And one of them is the same one we spoke on before. I didn't even go look at Chicago numbers over the weekend, but I'm sure they're probably about the same as they always are. But Portland, Portland is actually just getting crushed when it comes to just violence within the city. And we know it's one of the biggest cities when it comes to how they want to defund the police and how Antifa's pretty much taken over the city. But Portland police responded to 13 shootings between Friday night and early Sunday morning, including a fatal shooting. At least three people were injured in a sporadic shooting across the city. They collected 151 bullet casings. Two men were arrested and charged with attempted murder. So 
That's just in Portland. They have had 69 homicides in Portland this year. Okay, now that doesn't seem like a ton, I guess. It depends on where you live at. But that puts the city on pace to surpass the most violent year in history, which was in 1987 when they had 70. It is October. They have 69. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to surpass 70. So this is going to be the most violent year in Portland's history ever recorded since the 80s. And we all know the 80s, they had a whole bunch of policing issues. They had drug problem issues. They had a whole bunch of stuff. But for the most part, this is going to, this, this is going to be the most violent year ever in history recorded on date for Portland. And I'm not going to say it, but I told you so. When, it come, when If you want to get rid of the cops, you want to get rid of the police, you want to defund everything, you really think that they're going to go out and do their job, you won't even let them break up. Like literally, literally, they don't even call them riots. They call them peaceful rallies as cities are burning behind them, literally. <laughs> Let's just use some common sense. Oh, man. So we'll move out of the country. We'll stop talking about cops. I know a lot of you guys probably get tired of that, but I thought it was a pretty good thing to actually portray two articles on two separate sites. I'm not trying to to smear them, but I'm just being 100% honest. If you went on there and you looked, you would see, and it's very easy to see right through the agenda that they're in, that they're trying to push entirely on people. Afghanistan. All right, hop over there just for a second. Somewhat of a mess, but this is kind of kind of weird. The U.S. has agreed to provide humanitarian aid to Afghanistan, to me, the Taliban has actually said. So the Taliban said it, but we haven't stated it publicly yet. U.S. officials described the discussions as candid and professional, but added that the Taliban would be judged by their actions. Candid and professional. Okay. U.S. insisted the meeting did not amount to recognizing the Taliban. That's great. U.S. representatives stated that they will give humanitarian assistance to Afghans and will provide facilities to other humanitarian organizations that deliver aid. I mean, I'm not against giving aid, but I already know how this is going to end up. The U.S. has not yet formally uh, confirmed the claim the Taliban has said. The reason why they're not confirming this claim either, by the way, is you know how bad it would make the Biden administration look if they're like publicly announcing, you know, we're going to give a, well, I mean, it's going to come out at some point. I bet you this is going to be one of the cases where I sit here and I talk about it and then it comes out three or four days later on Fox or CNN or something that they're going to be talking about how we're giving humanitarian aid to Afghanistan. But 40% of the country's GDP, if you guys do not know this, of Afghanistan actually comes from aid. So you have 40% of a country who relies directly on aid. Like their GDP relies solely on aid. So this is a meeting that took place in Qatar, by the way. The Taliban ruled out cooperation with Washington on tackling the activities of the Islamic State. So that's, that's the other thing. So we're going to give them aid. And yet the Taliban is going to allow us and tell us that we can't go in and do operations against ISIS-K and or even work with us to kill out ISIS-K. I mean, that's, that's so weird to me. The Biden administration is nothing more than a punching bag for the world to use. In for Af- I mean, the Taliban is using them right now. Like, all right, we're going to kick you out of this country. We're going to kill 13 service members. You're going to give us aid, and then we're, we're not going to allow you to help kill any of the ISIS-K members who killed those 13, tel- or 13 U.S. members in the first place. If you guys did not know, I talked about the ISIS-K suicide attack that actually happened on Friday. And the reason why I don't like talking about this kind of stuff is because they, they ding the videos, and they ding the video pretty hard, I guess. It took 13 people to review that video for it to go live. And I didn't show anything. I just talked about stuff. That same attack that I said that had killed 16, I can't recall the exact number, but I believe it said 16. Don't quote me on that, but it wasn't, it wasn't what this number is now. Uh, it's 50 now and uh, wounded another 100. Anyway, it doesn't really matter, but that same attack happened on Friday inside of Afghanistan at a mosque, and it's because ISIS-K detonated himself inside of, literally inside of a mosque. 
And I don't know why we can't help them riddle out that stuff. It doesn't really matter because in the end, we all know what's going to happen. There is going to be 100% guaranteed there's going to be a civil war inside of Afghanistan between them. It's already kind of brewing. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. But let's move back over to the United States because this is really, really important stuff. Really important. California will now ban the sale of new gas-powered leaf blowers and lawn mowers. Yes, that is right. If you were planning to mow your lawn or blow dry your lawn with a blow dryer, or what did I just call that thing? A blow dryer? A leaf blower. <laughs> Whoa. How you guys doing? Governor Gavin Newsom signed a new law on Saturday that orders state regulators to ban the sale of new gas-powered equipment using small off-road engines, a broad category that includes generators, lawn equipment, and pressure washers. Okay, so he's doing this. You know what else market he's going to kill and doesn't even realize it? ATV market. So Polaris and all you guys over there that think you're going to be doing stuff, you better come up with an electric one because it is going to come next. This is going to sit by 2024. You're not going to be able to buy a single gas-powered small engine thing inside of there. Last year, order, if you guys also didn't know this, I didn't know this, Newsom ordered regulators to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars and trucks by 2035 in California. So by 2035 in California, you're not going to be able to buy a gas-powered, literally anything, actually, if you think about it, anything. Twenty thirty. I mean, think of everything that goes gas-powered. The other thing is, what are they going to do about boats? I don't know how much I trust an electric engine on the water. Like maybe electrocution could be a big thing, but I've already, I've had a lot of issues with battery problems on the water. And I know lithium batteries are not what people sometimes, I don't know if you guys realize how lithium battery works on the water. Just for instance, you're either going at a hundred, hundred percent battery. There is no hundred, fifty, 20%. It goes from a hundred percent to zero. There is no in between on lithiums. It's a hundred or zero. There is literally no in between. It's either running full force and then it just dies. Not saying that's how all lithiums work, but I do know how the ones here in the marine side of the industry work. So I don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna pan out. Then kick off this last one. It's always a good one. Navy nuclear engineers with access to military secrets have been charged with trying to pass information about the design of American nuclear-powered subs to someone he thought was a representative of a forward government, but it turned out to be an undercover FBI agent. Oh my God! How are they doing this? I keep saying this. How is the F- we got to give some credit to the FBI. How are they doing this constantly? Good, good job. Way to go. Look at them. Do I, I mean, how do you even find somebody like that? Well, I, I actually kind of do how they do it. Hold on. The FBI said the scheme began in April 2020 when he sent this gentleman named Jonathan Toby. He sent a package of Navy documents to a foreign government and wrote that he was interested in selling that country operation manuals, performance reports, and other sensitive information. So this guy with a return address, sent sensitive information to another country they do not list here. Authorities say he also provided instructions on how to conduct further future relationships with a letter that said, I apologize for this poor translation into your language. Please forward this letter to your military intelligence agency. I believe this information will be of great value to your nation. This is not a hoax. That package had a return address in Pittsburgh, Woods obtained, of course, by the FBI last December through its legal legal office in uh, in that unspecified foreign country. So this guy sends off stuff to a foreign country, thinking they're going to pay him a ton of money. That foreign country then says, "You know what? I think it's we're going to hand this over to the FBI." Imagine being in in the shoes of those guys, like, "Oh, this guy's pretty." F-ed. <laughs> you know, like who does that? Weeks later, federal, federal agents watched um, as he arrived and agreed upon a location in West Virginia in exchange. 
and his wife appearing to serve as a lookout for her husband during a dread or a dead drop operation of which the FBI paid $20,000. This guy was giving away secrets for 20 grand. It was a recovered blue memory card that was wrapped in a plastic plastic bag in between a two slices of bread on a peanut butter sandwich. Okay. This guy is transferring over secret intelligent information in a peanut butter sandwich. The FBI provided the contents of the memory card to Navy subject matter and determined the records included design elements and performance characteristics of a Virginia-class submarine reactors. This dude was literally giving away intel. It also included a type message, I hope your experts are very happy with the sample provided. I understand the importance of a small exchange to grow our trust. They did another drop. Oh my, this guy is so goofy. He gave away another memory card that was full of more Virginia-class submarine, and he was paid roughly $70,000 in crypto. So this guy gave away secret intelligence stuff for ninety grand. Oh, my God. Imagine him. He's probably sitting in, in a cell right now thinking, I did all that for $90,000, and I did it in a peanut butter sandwich in a park, just like he saw in The Americans, you know? You know the TV show The Americans? That's, that was him. Oh, my God. Well, there you have it. That's today's episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Cops are bad. Well, depends on who you are, I guess. Don't treat them like and you guys will be just fine. I mean, every time they pull me over, I hand over my ID, and I get left free. Not because I'm white, not because I'm black, or white, or Hispanic, or whatever you want to call it. It's because I, I did exactly what they said. It's that easy. Hope you guys had a fantastic uh, week. I will see you guys, well, I'll see you guys here tomorrow. Actually, I'll see I'll see you guys here tomorrow.